Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. My name is Gene Marks, your host, and I will be speaking in this episode with David Gould. David is a young man who is the Chief Diversity and Impact Officer of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, he is actually spearheading and running a program, uh, a fairly unique program that the Sixers are putting on right now uh, called Buy Black. And it is to support Black-owned businesses in the city of Philadelphia. Not only is it of interest for Black-owned businesses around the country, but David also has some advice based on what he's learned about getting funding for your business if you're Black-owned and seeking out other resources, uh, as well as some of the challenges and issues that are unique to Black-owned businesses and how hopefully to navigate and overcome them. But before we even get into that, so your title, Chief Diversity and Impact Officer, what does that mean? Great, great question, Gene. Um, my role was created this year, um, and it was really created to oversee a commitment that we made to racial equity uh, this past summer. We uh, had a lot of conversations around race and the role of racism uh, in our communities, how it affects our players, our um, you know people who, who live within our, our our communities and our fan base, our staff. Um, and really, you know, started to talk about what role does a, a, an organization like the 76ers have to play in addressing uh, the, the disparities that have been created as, as a result of racism and, you know, disparities that have been created over decades uh, of time and, and over generations. And so we made a commitment to really leverage our business in, in different creative ways and really thinking about the things where we excel uh, and, and how that could be leveraged to address some of these disparities. And so with that commitment that was made and, and really at the behest of our, our managing partners and our general manager, Elton Brand, um, uh, my role was created to, to oversee that work and, and implement it and, and continue to build and expand on the different things that, that we could be doing. So I'm sure we'll, we'll get into some of that, but the gist of it is my, my job is really to think about what are the creative ways we can leverage our business to have an impact in our communities. That is great. That is great. And obviously with all the stuff that happened with the, the protests in 2020, you know, the uh, you know, the, all the news with Black Lives Matters and all that, it's been, you know, it, it's been an important thing. And in Philadelphia, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm in Philadelphia. I mean, half our population, more than half the population are, are, are black. And um, it seems like there have been a lot of, you know, instances, and we'll get into that, where um, there, there's been challenges for black people succeeding and prospering in Philadelphia. And I think sports teams doing this uh, with such a high profile like the Sixers, it's a, it's a great move to make. So, you know, along those lines, so the Sixers started uh, what they call their, you know, the Buy Black program. So can you explain to, to me what that is? Sure. Um, so we are partnering with uh, two local Black-owned businesses um, that are becoming official team partners throughout the rest of our season. Um, what that means is that we will promote and market their business just like we do all of our other corporate sponsors, um, you know, many of which are Fortune 500 companies, uh, they will have access to our award-winning marketing um, staff uh, to think about what are the different ways we can promote their business. And um, they'll also have use to our, our own uh, IP. Um, so they'll be able to use Sixers marks and, and, and logos in terms of their own promotion to, to promote their business. So this is a way that we feel like we're able to, sh- to shine a spotlight on um, some local black businesses that are doing really great work, uh, but you know may not be as well known as others that uh, also do not have access to uh, the type of expertise and, and platforms that, that we are able to provide. Um, and, and we wanted to do it because 
uh, just going back to your point of, you know, the challenges that, that many people within the black community face, especially in Philadelphia, we know that unfortunately on average, black owned businesses tend to be smaller, uh, more vulnerable. Um, they are, they closed at a much, much higher clip than white owned businesses over the, uh, the pandemic. Um, and, and so, you know, we know that there are challenges that they face because of historic discrimination um, that have suppressed their ability to really grow uh, wealth and, and create strong um, uh, businesses that, that are able to grow. And so we felt like this is a really meaningful way for us to, to partner with two local businesses and, and to really sort of put them on the map and, and support them. Uh, the two businesses that we selected are Spurgo, um, which is a uh, clothing brand that's actually uh, run, uh, owned and operated by a 15 year old kid, uh, Trey Brown, who's who's very impressive and, and charismatic and, and his brand is doing great. And then the other business is Girl Contracting, which is a um, commercial and residential contracting and construction business that promotes not only diversity within the industry uh, across you know racial lines, but also gender lines, given that it is a, a male dominated industry. So we're really excited about those two businesses. And we're going to start marketing and promoting them probably uh, next week. Pretty amazing. And so you guys had almost a thousand people that applied for this program, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So we had um, uh, in the Philly market, we had uh, just over 700 applications, um, probably closer to 750, I believe. And so I think it really goes to show, um, you know, how many wonderful businesses there are out there, how many people are really hungry to be successful. Um, and, and, you know, just the, I think also the reach of the Sixers brand. So when we think about um, uh, what are different ways we can leverage things that we're really good at. The fact that we got 700 applications in over a two-week period, I think, shows that there's a, a very far and wide reach that that our our channels have and, and a very wide audience that we're able to garner. So we're, we're very excited about, um, you know, sort of sharing that with the businesses that we're going to be working with. And I know the applications did close uh, back in the beginning of this month, but um, really, so in, in, in essence, the Sixers are going to be like the marketing arm for these two companies and giving them a lot of a lot of promotion, a lot of exposure, uh, which is a fantastic resource to provide. Is this for an entire year or will it just be for the season? Yeah, so um, we're working through the timelines right now. You know, it's uh, it's obviously a shortened season. So we, we want to think about what are the ways that we can make sure that we provide the businesses um, uh, every, uh, every opportunity to, to get their name out there over as long a period of time as possible. Um, we will be doing this um, on a regular basis. So the commitment we made uh, to racial equity uh, was over a five-year period, and we committed to doing the, the Buy Black program for a minimum of five years. I think given uh, how well it was received and the need that we see in the community, it's going to be something that we continue to grow and think about different ways that we can expand on. And, and there's also going to be lots of other ways that we're going to be able to help Black-owned businesses, even with uh, the other 698 plus businesses that are not um, Spurgo and Girl Contracting. Um, we have another program that we're going to be announcing next week uh, with some small grants and smaller marketing benefits to six additional businesses that applied. Um, we're partnering with the Enterprise Center, which is a local community development finance institution that has hundreds of thousands of dollars in grants that they're trying to get out the door. And so we're helping to connect a lot of our applicants with those resources to help them get through the, the pandemic. So we're um, uh, we're, we're doing a lot right now and we're looking to do uh, even more into the future. David, I, you know, listen, I mean, you've been talking to a lot of these business owners uh, of late going through this process. And, and you know, my, my company's been in the Philadelphia area now for almost 25 years. We have about 600 active clients. You know, we sell software and technologies. Um, we have very few Black-owned business businesses that are clients. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you just said that 
you know, and there's data to support that, you know, black owned businesses closed at a much higher clip during the pandemic. Um, they are lacking the funding that a lot of white owned businesses got, um, you know, because, you know, during, during the pandemic and even just this past week, we're recording this now, the very beginning of March, uh, the Biden administration has, has opened up uh, more avenues for uh, minority and businesses in low to moderate income areas to get additional funding, yeah. PPP funding and the like and all that. So, so uh, your observations, I mean, why is this? Is this, you know, I mean, what, what are the reasons why black owned businesses seem to be lagging behind white owned businesses? What do you think? Yeah, no, it's a it's a really good question, and and I'm glad you asked it, Gene. It's um, you know, I, I think that we really need to to pay close attention to the historical context um that we live in, uh, and, and in this country. So, um, you know, if you think back, uh, sort of decades and, and centuries, if you were to go back 50 years from now, um, 60, 70 years from now, even, um, you know, you have. Uh, if you were a black owned business, uh, it was very difficult for you to get a loan from a bank to start or grow your business. Right. Um, uh, as a, as a private citizen, um, oftentimes you were not able to get a mortgage to buy a home, which is a, you know, for, for many folks, they know that's a critical tool for wealth building. And as you build wealth, that, uh, provides you greater avenues to, to get access to capital, to borrow against, um, to, to qualify for, for more loans and funding and things like that. Um, a lot of the government programs that were created, whether it be through the New Deal um, uh, or, or other financial assistance coming from the government, um, either intentionally or, or explicitly or implicitly, uh, were not accessible to Black citizens. And, and also back in that time, um, a lot of uh, Black businesses could only do business with um, Black customers. Other folks wouldn't, wouldn't shop with them. So you have these dynamics that were, you know, um, decades and even centuries old. Uh, and as a result, you know, you don't create generational wealth. Um, uh, you d you're not around other successful businesses and, and you don't have access to the networks that are allow you to see how to be successful, what success looks like. Um, uh, and, and again, you don't have access to financial resources that are gonna help you uh, really grow. And, and I think what we see now is um, you just have a much larger percentage of, of black businesses that are not uh, as as strong financially or have as as wide customer bases because a lot of these dynamics that happened decades and centuries ago and we're still seeing some of this discrimination take place today so um unfortunately it's it's put a lot of black owned businesses by way of circumstance in a really tough position and, and we just want to do our part we're not going to be the ones to solve you know racism or, or the effects of it but uh, we think the more businesses and companies like ours that really take a commitment like we did, um, we all sort of need to do our part to be to to really be able to turn the ship. You know, it's so funny that you hit on that. I mean, again, just speaking locally, I mean, you know, I grew up in the '60s and the '70s. You know, and my mom and my dad have told me that, you know, I mean, Philadelphia was even then was 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 absolutely still a segregated city, and there were not the same kind of opportunities that were open to black, you know, to blacks and black-owned businesses back then. And this is in my lifetime. You know, I mean, this is not something that goes back hundreds of years. Uh, so you talk about putting behind the eight ball. And then when I, when I, you know, you make me think, David, about the clients that I serve. And yeah, I mentioned, you know, I said, like, we've got all these clients, very few black owned businesses are B2B, but these, these clients of mine are mostly family owned businesses. They've been around for generations. They've, you know, they, they've gone to high school in the city. They've gone, they've colleges. And this is not just the current generation, but you know, the parents and the grandparents that are still active in, in many cases in these businesses. And you're right. It's, it's as if, you know, 
if you know, the black owned businesses in Philadelphia, which I think is very indicative of, you know, most cities in this country, it just are, are so far behind the eight ball because of that lack of generational wealth. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it, it, it makes, it makes perfect sense. And I think the thing that's such a shame and why we're excited about by black is that it is not for lack of innovation. It is not for lack of creativity and it's not for lack of talent. And so just by the, you know, the 700 applications that we got in, we're actually proof of this is we, we saw so many amazing businesses um, that have amazing services or products um, that people don't know about. Um, and, and, you know, we're really excited about how we can leverage uh, our channels to really shine a light at them and, and, and expose them to, uh, or, or allow, you know, customers to be potential customers to be, to be exposed to them. And, and the last thing I'll say, Gene, I think everything you said is absolutely on point. A book I read that, that really encapsulates all of this, that, that I've sort of been sharing with anybody that, that will listen to me is a book called the color of money, um, uh, which is about the, how the, the racial wealth gap, especially in the black community was created. And I, anybody who's interested in this subject, I would strongly recommend it. Yeah, Color of Money is a. I I definitely have heard about it, and it is a good book. I um, you know, I, I think as well about the the different challenges that Black-owned businesses have. The the average age of the U.S. small business owners is in the fifties. It's about fifty two years old, and you know, I sometimes you know, David, I I I mean, I, I meet Black-owned businesses, you know, business owners that are Black that are in that age range, um, and I sometimes I bang my head against the wall because. They, I don't feel like a lot of these people are taking advantages of the resources that are out there, you know? And I don't know if you find the same thing, you know, like just to give you an example, I mean, right now, even with these new, with the new PPP program, there's, there's government programs for businesses in low to moderate income areas. There's you know, a lot of corporate, you know, you know, philanthropy that's trying to focus money on, on minority owned businesses as well. And, 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 and I know that the banks, I mean, the banks right now are mandated under the new stimulus program, this is from December, to, to make sure that a certain amount of the funds that they're loaning out are going through community development, financial institutions, and other nonprofits that, that help, you know, minority-owned businesses. And yet, sometimes I just, I, I feel frustrated because I don't, I don't feel that a lot of minority-owned business owners, you know, realize that there is that stuff that's out there, or maybe they lack the confidence to go after it. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I I, I think it's actually, um, you know, uh, sort of circumstantial. Um, a lot of these, a lot of black owned businesses um, uh, tend to be smaller for the the reasons that, that we just spoke about. Um, as a result, uh, you know, they are focused you know, 90, you know, 99% of their time uh, as any small business owner will tell you they're focused on running their business and they don't have a, um, uh, you know, staff for marketing or, or staff to, to sometimes, you know, find the, the time and bandwidth to, to identify these resources. And the other thing too is, um, and, and I think anybody who has applied for payroll protection will tell you, um, is that it can be an arduous and, and intimidating process for any small business. And so, um, uh, you know, I think a lot of the disparities that we see in terms of who was able to access these uh, these resources is partly because just a lot of them are small businesses and there's additional barriers there. The other thing too, that I think we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge is um, in the black community, um, there's a justified distrust of government uh, because of a lot of the things that we talked about, right? Because a lot of these historic discriminatory policies. And so there is a, you know, 
oftentimes there can be more of a reticence in terms of pursuing these resources uh, from government agencies because um, uh, not only because of intimidation, but also because of a, a lack of trust or really um, a lack of confidence that they're willing or, or committed to, to helping you. And again, you know, in, in many cases, who can, who can blame them? So I think that's why we have tried to, as sort of like a, a neutral, so to say, brand um, uh, that, that we've tried to leverage our platforms to connect businesses with tools to help apply for things like payroll protection program. Um, we're working with CDFIs like uh, the Enterprise Center who are more trusted in the community. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the, the big banks, um, uh, you know, carry some level of, of distrust uh, within the black community as well in some cases. And so, you know, we know that there are a lot of, you know, even our partners who are, who are looking to, to help these businesses and we're trying to be a bridge to, to connect them. Yeah, I think everything you're saying is absolutely right. I mean, we're seeing it as well with the vaccine rollout as well. And um, you, can't, you can't blame people for having that distrust because like I said earlier, there are, you know, the majority of black business owners that are out there, just like all business owners are of a certain age, again, in their fifties or their sixties, really. And think about it, you know, you know, you know they, they grew up in times where there are a lot of reasons to be distrustful of the government. And those things just don't change overnight. And the hope is that younger generations have a little bit more of a fresher perspective and, and things will, will and continue to change for the better. Um, David, you're part of that younger generation. Let's say you were starting up a business now, right? And, and you know, in Philly, and you know, you know of all the, because this is your job, of all of the resources that are out there for a black owned business, you know? What would you be doing to leverage all of those resources? What advice do you have for other Black-owned business owners besides, besides their, regardless of their age, um, yeah. to really take advantage of what's out there? Yeah, you know, one thing, um, there's sort of three things that I would, uh, I would suggest folks uh, think about. So one is, um, you know, for any small business or business that, that's, that's located in, a, in the community, um, uh, community development finance institutions were created uh, specifically to serve businesses like yours. Um, they were created uh, to connect with and serve businesses uh, that, um, you know, sort of mainstream banks have more difficulty reaching or doing business with. Um, and so uh, if you look up a CDFI um, uh, in your area, uh, they oftentimes have grants um, more affordable loans or, or loan processes that are, or application processes that are easier to navigate and less intimidating. Um, so if that's, uh, you feel like you're at the earlier stage of your, of your business, that was, is definitely a resource that I would encourage anybody to, to reach out to. Um, the second piece is uh, we're at a point in time right now. And, um, you know, a lot of the conversations about race that, that I'm having, you know, in the workplace and, and on, you know, conversations like this, I don't think I would have imagined having, uh, you know, this time last year. And so we're in a, a place in time right now where there's a greater awakening and appreciation for the historical challenges uh, facing black businesses and black business owners and uh, a greater willingness to really help and figure out how to be part of a solution. Um, uh, and so I would really encourage uh, business owners to think about how do you strategically lean into that and whether it be your customer base or, or potential partners um, uh, to, to market yourself as a black business in a way that's really going to be beneficial to you. And in, in many respects, historically, that's something that would have worked against you right now in certain areas, in certain arenas, that's something that can be 
an advantage. And I think it's okay to, to think about how you can strategically take advantage of that. And then the, the last oh, thing wait, that I would- And I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt you right there, David, only because as a member of the media, um, you, you could not be more right. I mean, um, you know, uh, the media loves stories about black business owners, minority businesses, especially how they're succeeding in the world or what they're doing. And, you know, and, and, you know, it is a great thing to, you know, to reach out to your local media and not, you know, you, you should be you know, proud and put it out front that you are a minority owned business and you, you will find that you might get exposure and, and media coverage that you might never have dreamed of getting. And all of that is just will extend your brand. So leverage it. It's great advice. I, I totally agree. And then the last thing I would say is, um, you know, make sure you have a solid plan to execute on in terms of how you how you want to grow your success and, and build your business. Um, through Buy Black, you know, we had a, a lot of different businesses at all different stages and sizes. Uh, we wanted to be intentional about selecting businesses that uh, were ready to grow, given that, you know, we were going to provide them access to a much broader customer base and, and they were going to be able to take advantage of that. There were businesses who were really compelling that we just felt we we had the risk of, of making them victims of their own success, because if you if you grow too quickly, it can also be to your detriment. So, um, really coming up with a solid plan about how you want to grow and, and um, making sure you're ready to do that, I would strongly encourage anybody to do. Um, and also that just sort of brings me back to, you know, CDFIs in addition to providing those um, grants and, and loans and things like that, oftentimes also offer coaching and technical assistance for anybody who doesn't have a business plan but may want to uh, put one together. Yeah, I, just fantastic advice, David. I, I'm going to add one more as well is that, um, you know, look for other uh, you know, black business owners or minority owned businesses as well to, uh, to join up with and share some ideas. I mean, I can tell you that it is, you know, uh, you know, small business groups are very, very popular, um, where, where owners of businesses get together, particularly if they're not competing and they talk about their problems and their issues and they share resources together. So you're not alone. And the number of black owned businesses in this country is, are, are growing substantially. Um, and, and if you are a black owned business owner, you have unique challenges and issues that white business owners like myself don't have and getting together with other people that have those same you know issues um, will help you figure out some solutions to those issues and um, will also be a very therapeutic exercise so that's one thing that i would recommend as well um david anything else before i let you go as far as the program is concerned how do you know if it's going to be a success I think we're really optimistic. Uh, we will be working very closely with these businesses over an extended period of time. So we'll be getting feedback in real time of what's working, what's not working, how we can um, uh, continue to, to build their brand. Uh, we do have another program called the Spirit of Small Business, where we highlight a local small business, um, uh, a business of any kind. Uh, we do that before each game. Um, they sort of get a 30 to 60 second spot. Uh, through our social and digital media channels. They announce the game, who we're playing, what time, where to watch it or listen to it, and um, and put a plug for their business in. And we've heard some really tremendous um, uh, feedback in terms of just how uh, those short 30 to 60 second promotions one time through our channels have boosted um, uh, their business and their, their visibility. So we're sort of putting that on steroids with Buy Black and we're really excited about it. David Gould is the Chief Diversity and Impact Officer of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, David has been spearheading the Sixers Buy Black program. Applications have, have closed for it now, but it's a wonderful program that I'm sure we'll see being emulated by other organizations around the country. And also, uh, David shared with us some great advice uh, for Black-owned businesses, but really for any 
uh, business owner for, for growing and, and seeking out some of the funding that's available for you. David, thank you very much for joining me. It was a great conversation. Thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. Uh, you've been listening to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. My name is Gene Martz. If you'd like more advice, tips, and help for running your business, visit us at paychecks.com forward slash works, W-O-R-X. Again, my name is Gene Marks. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.